It's Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021. Happy Thanksgiving week and welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim, Chet, Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Eagles are playing good football. Uh, You can actually say that P word tonight we will discuss. The Sixers still not healthy. Falling to the back of the pack, although they did grab a win last night. That was good. Flyers continue to play decent hockey, but the goal scoring is still a problem. Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard are on the 2022 Hall of Fame ballot, just released yesterday. And James Franklin signed a 10-year extension today at Penn State. Plenty to talk about, and we are going to cover as much of it as we can tonight. Yeah, we're going to squeeze it all in, Bill. Sixers and Flyers talk uh, the Jimmy Rollins Hall of Fame candidacy uh we'll see what we think about that and regarding the eagles well this guy has a quick comment for playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me (laughs) i could have used that on you last week couldn't i when you threw that (laughs) p word out there for the first time yeah but they got that impressive win on sunday so now we can really talk about it in earnest yes sir well we've got a great guest tonight at inquire.com sixers beat writer Keith Pompey joining us to talk Sixers this week's matchup against the Giants and our Eagles. Of course, uh, Keith has already started the trash talking after the whipping that the Giants got last night in Tampa Bay. He's still got it rolling out already this morning. So we're even going to talk a little maybe Pitt Panthers football if we can fit that in with Keith. The Pitt Panthers, number 20 in the polls, go figure. Penn State not even in the top 25. There are a few notches below that. That That's just not right, Bill. But they're going to keep James Franklin around, so yippee. Uh, hey, our guest <laughs> is ready to go. Let's get it going. All right. With that, let's welcome Keith Com- Pompey back to Philly Press Box Radio. Keith, welcome, my friend. Hey, what's up? Thanks, Thanks for having me, fellas. Hey, Keith. Uh, we'll get to the Giants a little bit later on, but let's talk a little hoops. First of all, you were in San Francisco. Sixers will play those uh, off and running Warriors tomorrow night. That could get ugly, as you told us beforehand. Uh, the Sixers have been really shorthanded the last few weeks. Five or six guys missing time over that period. Most notably, of course, Joel Embiid. First of all, what's the latest on him? We hear he is back practicing now in Camden. Is he going to get back in the lineup maybe this uh, weekend? Yeah, he's expected to return when they play on 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 Saturday. Uh, I, I think a lot of it was, you know, a lot of people were like alarmed because they saw Tobias come back. They saw um, Matisse come back and you're like, well, what's up with Joel? And I think a lot of it is when we look at his body type, he's such a bigger guy at 7'2", 280. And he's prone to when he takes time off to get out of shape. And I felt like for the Sixers, it was more of, Okay, when he clears protocol, let's have him work out. Let's have him get in the gym and make sure he's in tip-top shape before we get him back on the floor. So I I think that was more being careful than it was for people to say, oh, oh, my gosh. Now, don't get me wrong. He was symptomatic now. But I think that the delay um, was more of it doesn't make sense to rush him out here without him practicing and getting in shape and things like that. Do you think as much of this is to help that knee recover just as well? I mean, we're only 20 games into the season. Probably not bad to to get him a little healthier than he seemed to start the season out at. 
You know, I, I agree. I mean, like, I, I do think I don't know if that was if that was the main plan. But at the same time, I, I, I do think that that rest was good for him. Now, again, you don't you hope the guy doesn't get COVID. Right. But I do think that getting off that leg, being able to rest up is only better for him, like uh, moving forward, going down the road with the season. So, you know, is it one of those catch 22 type of things? You want him out there. But at the same time, you want when he comes back, you want him to be 100% healthy. Hey, it's great to have Matisse Thibel back the last couple of games. He was a huge reason that they won Monday night, despite you know everybody else being out of the lineup, it seemed. What about the other guys now? Seth Curry didn't play last night. Tobias Harris, you know, hurt again. Are they going to be ready to go as soon as Wednesday night, maybe? You know, I, I, I think it depends on, like, the Sixers. I mean, if I'm the Sixers and you know they're going to go probably lose, you know, it's one of those things where is it worth it? You know, I think with Tobias, you know, the people I talk to is one of those things where he may not come back. Now, the the thing about that, the reason I say may not is because Tobias is one of those guys who always wants to play. Mm-hmm. You know, he always wants to play. So, you know, he couldn't come back. But at the same time, I think they realize they're going to be home. Um, look at it right now. They're still three games out of first place. And it could be, you know, they're probably not going to beat the Warriors without Joel Embiid. So it could be one of those things where I doubt if Tobias plays, but it could be one of the things where the Sixers are careful with Seth. Now, I can see him playing, just be, you know, depending on the, the pain tolerance. But I think the other guys, it could be something that we can wait and see them return when they play Saturday. Well, Keith, I have to ask you about that other guy. Uh, I don't use his name anymore. I vowed to never speak his <laughs> his name again. Uh, but what's going on with him? Uh, is, is there any movement anywhere? We had a stalemate. Uh, I guess they're finding him back all that money again. Uh, where do you see that all going? You know, I think it's an unfortunate situation. I mean, because it, it comes to a point. Think about it, y'all. When the Sixers were like 8-2, and two, all we were talking about is Ben. You know what I mean? No one was talking about Tyrese Maxey stepping up. We were basically talking about Ben. You know, right now, I, I think that the thing is the Sixers have to ask themselves, like, hey, if we're a competitive enough team, right, and this is where they're going, this is what they're thinking. If we're a competitive enough team, like, and we can't get, like, the A-list guy, do we make a trade and get a couple guys who can help us go get to the championship? Or if, if we're struggling and if we find ourselves, like, eighth or the 10th seed, is it just one of those things where – we just keep them through the rest of the season, you know, deal with the circus and then try to do a sign and trade for an elite guy like possibly, you know, James Harden, maybe a Dame Lillard in the offseason. So those are the things that the Sixers are thinking about. Like, do we move them right now to make our team better? But if we don't have a chance of winning a championship and we know that, do we just hold out and try to get somebody better, you know, in, in free agency with a sign and trade? Well, one of the guys who's really benefited from number 25 not being there is Tyrese Maxey. I mean, he's been just terrific, a scoring machine, very few turnovers. What's your opinion of uh, the play of Maxey, and what is his upside? Oh, he's Mr. Reliable. I mean, he's been the most consistent guy on the team. I'm going to be honest with you. When I first saw Maxey out there the first preseason game, it's like they have to get a point guard. This isn't going to work out. Like, I'm looking at this guy – and I'm seeing him bring the ball up, and then he hands the ball off to Tobias or Joel, 
and he goes over in the corner. He's not active at all. And then gradually you hear Doc, you know, fussing at him for like not taking shots. And he's been the most consistent. I, I believe that he scored in double figures 14 games in a row. And they played in 18 games. He did it in 17 of 18. And we're talking about he had a, a game 28 points, 31, 33. So he's been really good. The question I have for Tyrese Maxey, y'all, though, is what is his role going to be when they come back to full staff? Like, because he is extremely effective right now with this, but is that going to mesh well with Joel and Tobias on the floor together? But, you know, right now, and I know it's, and I know it's been, what, 18 games, but he, he has to make a case for being one of the most improved players in the NBA. I mean, he is playing that well right now, and, and, and I'm a big fan. And the only question I have is how are they going to utilize him when Joel Embiid comes back? Well, and the other one I wanted to ask you about, and uh, he's no kid in this league, is that Andre Drummond. Uh, he's a rebounding machine, racking up 20 rebounds in several different games. Uh, and again, last night, um, where does he fit or does he fit? Uh, because he's playing in the paint and Joel wants to play at the three-point line. Uh, where does Drummond fit into this situation? You know, I, I think Drummond fits in well. Because when we look at it, let's face it, you know, you got Andre Drummond on a veteran minimum, right? Which I would, I mean, that would be my maximum of money he's making, but he's making, he's making a veteran minimum. And he's been Mr. Reliable for the Sixers. Now, when you say when MB comes back, I think it's always good to have a change of pace guy, you know? And, and if you look at Drummond, Drummond has been playing well, but when his minutes, when he gets extended minutes, he, he kind of like, messes up a little bit right but i think that in those short spurts that they're going to need him for i think he's great like you said he's a rebounding machine um you know he, he came in last night in the fourth quarter he had 10 of his 23 rebounds in the fourth you know he struggles sometimes from scoring around a basket but when we're talking about a backup center who can give mb valuable minutes and change the pace and bang on people i mean he's a great addition for the sixers Hey, Seth Curry's been playing really well this year. I know he was, you know, out Monday night and it's questionable, I guess, for Wednesday when he goes against his brother, hopefully. Um, what's your take on how Seth has been able to improve so much a little bit, you know, later in his career? Oh, I like it. You know, I, I think that it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's funny. Like when you talk to Seth, right, you'll say, hey, man, like, dude, you're balling. Like you're playing really well. You're playing very well. And he says, well, you know. You need to like follow my career. You're like, oh, come on, dude. I don't know what this guy is talking about. Yeah. And then you go and you look at his stats. And he's always been a guy who, towards the end of the season, he was in the starting lineup. I mean, you can look it up. was in the starting lineup. But what happens is he played so well or something like that to where he was traded to another team. And it starts over and over again. And, you know, the thing about him is we forget that, you know, he's really good in pick and rolls because he, he was a former point guard who just happened to be a great shooter. And I think that, you know, with him, like he, he basically um, slowed down a little bit. But I think a lot of that has to do with Joel Embiid not playing. But I think when Joel comes back, he's going to go back to feasting on people in that pick and roll. 
Um, I, I really like them. I mean, before, I never thought that they would have somebody who can come in and replace J.J. Rec- JJ Reddick with that two-man game with Embiid, but he can, and he has because he can handle the ball as well. So I, I really like Seth Curry, um, and I think he's a huge addition. Um, you know, he, he's a huge addition for the team, but he has improved, you know, uh, last year, since last year. Well, Keith, they're 18 games in, as you said, uh, even through this this run of losses, I guess, until last night, still only three games back. Uh, easy storm to weather, still plenty of time. You see them getting healthy and uh, being able to, to get back where they should be? You know what? It, it, it's, it's weird because before I came on here, I was I was like, man, they're going to ask me this question and what am I going to say? To be honest with you, I don't know how good this team is right now. And that's just not a knock. It's just that they've only had six games where they had their entire starting lineup, right? But if you look at it, and it does kind of bode well for them a little bit, you know, just because of the injuries. Um, and, and, and they're getting everyone back, and they're only three games back. But, you know, to me, I really can't answer how good they are be, because they don't have any rhythm. Like, for the most part, when they, when they played those first four games, they lost to good teams, and they blew out bad teams, right? Then all of a sudden, Tobias goes down, and then they get on a hot tear, a hot run. But right now, they look like a team that they're completely different when NBA comes back. But again, I want to see what they look like against an elite team. And then I'll be able to answer that question. But, you know, only three games back. I mean, I'm pretty sure Doc is like going to bed every night praying and saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God. <laughs> well, Keith, you are a New York Giants football fan. So let's uh, talk a little football. Okay. Now, your team is three and seven. They just lost by 20. To, say uh, say that louder for the people in the back. <laughs> three and seven. <laughs> they lost to Tom Brady and company last night. What's it like being a Giants fan these days? You know, <laughs> it's comedy. That's what it's like. You know, that's what it's like. Hey, you know what? It's funny. I went to my first Giants game this year. My first one, like, ever, right? Guys, wow. let's get these tickets. So we go there, and he says, but – where do you want? Who do you want to go see? I said, man, I want to see a victory. So let's go see Atlanta. I, I saw what the Eagles did to Atlanta. So let's go to the. Hulk. I mean, let's go to the Falcons game, and they lost to them. And I'm like, man, it really stinks to be a Giants fan these days. <laughs> but you know what it is? It's like, um, you know me. I try to have fun by talking trash, even though I know that my team is going to lose by three touchdowns. <laughs> I try to talk before the game, so. You, so I, I know I can't say anything afterwards. So that's what it's like being a Giants fan. I got you. Well, you know, they, they got tired of watching him too. Apparently Joe Judge did. He let Jason Garrett go today as the offensive coordinator. Um, they do have some weapons on that offense, but they just uh, can't seem to get out of their own way up to this point. It'll be interesting to see what happens come this week. Yeah, it will. I mean, it's going to be an easy game for the Giants. I think they'll win – 35 to 7. <laughs> no, that's going to be tough. But but and, 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 but and to be fair to Jason Garrett, like I honestly think that, you know, the Giants, let's face it, their best player just so happens to be a, a, a former Penn State running back who can't stay healthy, right? And and then, you know, you factor that in. And, with, and then the offensive line, you know, they keep going out and they get these guys who just are not ready or they'll draft a different position. 
So I, I think, you know, when you fire the offensive coordinator, it's one of those things where someone has to be, you know, the problem, the blame. And, and, and I feel like, you know, until the Giants get, um, you know, the running back and all their skill position guys healthy, they're going to continue to lose because they just don't have it. And let's face it, you know, they need these guys to have huge games, not be carted off the field for them to have any type of success. And they might as well fire the defensive coordinator too, because let's face it, when the Giants were in their heyday, the, the cornerbacks weren't that good, but they had a great pass rush. And as much as Eli got a lot of credit, it was the sacks that they accumulated, you know? So, you know, it, it's, it, it's one of those things. Now I'm not trying to say Barkley's name, but I said it, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's the Penn state guy that I was talking about. <laughs> All right. So as a unbiased, well, you are biased, but as, as an unbiased observer, are the Eagles going to make the playoffs? Look at this schedule for the remaining six games for Philadelphia. Are they going to actually make the playoffs, Keith? You know what? It, 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 like, I, I, I love that schedule for them. I mean, like I could see, to be honest with you, is and please don't play this, but I know you will. I, I, I could see them <laughs> winning all their games until they go up and play the, play the Cowboys. I mean, I can you know, the, the difference with the Eagles, though, I, I think that, you know, finally the coach realized that running the ball is, is his best chance of winning games. And then the coaches seem like they probably listen more to the veterans. Right. Um, I, I do like the way they're offensive now, because now you're playing the people's strengths. You know, I used to get tired of seeing Jalen um, Hurts throw the ball downfield and it was like a 40 percent chance of being completed. You know what I mean? That's just not his game. So, I mean, before I looked at that schedule, I would probably say no, but now I think they do have a chance to win it. I mean, honestly, don't you think that they should be favored in all those games? They should, the, yeah. Besides the Cowboys one? Absolutely. Yeah. You would have never said that three weeks ago, but all of a sudden they've got it going on and uh, they're they're definitely playing good ball and now starting to play good ball on the defensive side too which uh, has always been a little bit shaky. But uh, back to your Giants for just a second. Uh, Joe Judge, uh, how do you feel about him? You've got, what, only one and a half seasons or part of last season's COVID mess. Uh, What's your take on Joe Judge? You know, um, I I, I like him. The only – I like him. You know, he's a Philly guy. You know, he he started out at St. Joe's Prep and then he uh, transferred to Lansdowne Catholic. You know, the the thing with him is – you know, they're, he's always talking discipline, always preaching discipline. And the Giants are arguably the most disciplined team in, in the NFL with the penalties and all this other stuff. So it gets to a point where you ask yourself, are they tuning this guy out? Because he's you always see him on the sidelines yelling and screaming, but they're still getting flags and, and, and you know, lining up offsides and, and doing stupid stuff, fighting in the, in, you know, after the play. So you like him, you know, you, you, you see where he comes from. He would come from Belichick and, and uh, you know, Nick Saban. But at the same time, I just see a lot of barking on the sidelines, a lot of pointing the th- finger and, and not enough winning. You know what I mean? I would like to see more winning, but it just seems like he has a lot of excuses. Well, on a brighter note, you're an alumnus of University of Pittsburgh, and your Panthers are doing pretty well this year, ranked number 20 in the nation. You got to enjoy that, right? 
Yeah, I do. I do. It's funny because you all know I talk trash, right? Oh, yeah. So, so, so you know I talk trash. So um, my niece uh, graduated from Clemson. So, you know, I was on the phone with her this morning. I said, uh, you know, I, didn't, I haven't spoken to you in a while, but, uh, you know, we had to spank y'all earlier this year. And she was like, yeah, but Uncle Keith, is a chance that uh, if, if, if Wake Forest loses and we win, we can play y'all again in the conference championship? And I'm like, well, I hope Wake Forest wins because, you know, Clemson is good. And I like, you know, you guys are Penn State fans. You know, um, Penn State is down this year. Like, I look at Pitt, and as much as I love my Panthers, I'm also a realist. Like, they're not on that level as Penn State right now. Penn State is just struggling. Um, so I'm enjoying this ride, but I'm all, I'm, I'm, I've also been reminded by my cousins who went to Penn State that one of Pitt's losses came to Western Michigan. So, you know what I mean? So I can't, I can't escape that. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, it's good for that program. I think they've come a long way. They they probably were a little slower getting there than most people thought, but they are there and they've had a good year and can't take anything away from them. They're going to their conference championship. Yeah, I just want them to win the conference championship, you know, win it and, and have a good bowl. I mean, it's great. Now, the, the only thing that I don't like about it is that being in the ACC, you know, I remember it used to be a time where, there were certain recruits from the area that we could rec- uh, battle Penn State for. But now, you know, that Penn State is saying, well, why you want to go down there? What you want to play in Tallahassee? You want to play in Winston-Salem? You know, this and that. Whereas mom and dad could just drive to Ohio State, drive to Maryland, drive to Rutgers. So from a recruiting standpoint, you know, I, I don't like the ACC, but I am excited with Pitt, um, you know, what, what we're doing. But I, I'm not saying I'm not minimizing it. I'm just a realist, and it's it going to have to take more than just one good season when Clemson is down. You know what I mean? Keith, last thing, back to the Sixers. On a percentage basis, what are the chances the Ben Simmons situation will be resolved by the All-Star break in February, either traded or he's back with the team? I think it could be – well, uh, you know what? I think it could be resolved with, with Biden. I think the one thing that we really need to pay attention to when it comes down to Ben Simmons, pay attention to how Joel Embiid is playing. Like pay attention to if he's healthy, you know, pay attention how successful the team is because if they feel like that they're successful, then I think that they'll make a move rather sooner than later. You know what I mean? Now, if, if they're not successful, then it's one of those things they're looking at it like, well, we might be a ways away so we're going to have to make sure we go out and get that A-list player. And the best chance of doing that may be later on in the season or not the season, you know, excuse me, like after the season. But I think the question is, if we just watch the Sixers and we see them keep, you know, going, um, keep improving and then pay attention to some of those other elite teams, like where they have these guys and, and they're not really doing well. I think that's the thing that uh, to pay attention to the most is Joel, in the Sixers record, and then that will help us um, figure out what the Sixers are trying to do. Thanks, Keith. All right. Well, Keith, we are out of time. We certainly appreciate you taking time out of being in San Francisco to join us, and uh, hopefully you get home for Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Hey, thanks for having me on. Go Pitt. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Keith. Go Take Birds. Care,
<laughs> yeah, that's just... yeah I, I, you guys won't hear from me after the game. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks, we'll Keith. All right, thank you. All right. Hey, Chad, if your couches get more mileage than your car, it's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, you know it, Bill. Pay-as-you-go Allstate auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, you know it. That's Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Hey, everybody. It's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Silly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Hey, Bill, I threw in Willie Nile because guess who I'm going to see this Sunday? Oh, Willie back in concert? (laughs) Willie, back in uh, Pennsylvania in beautiful Wayne, PA, a little place called the 118 North. So I'm going to take four friends of mine who have never seen Willie. So I know they're going to love it because, you know, who doesn't love Willie whenever they see him? Well, cool, cool. And uh, I was actually listening to a little Willie today myself, matter of fact. Uh, And and while you Sunday are doing that, Saturday, as I told you, I will be headed to the Iron Bowl, Alabama at Auburn. Uh, can't wait for that and got a little change of plans though, Chet. Uh, I might, we might, me and my son might, might be stuck having to watch a game for the press box. <laughs> wow. <laughs> tough break, huh? Yeah. Tough break. So, uh, looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's, that's one of those games down here that, uh, like I told you before, it's a bucket list game. That's for sure. Just out of curiosity, do you know what the line is for that game? How much is Bama favored by? Uh, I think it was 19 and a half the other day when I looked at it. But, you know, it's one of those things. You can put all them lines up there, and when this one comes about, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, and you'll have a great time, I'm sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. So, hey, speaking of great times, let's talk a little bit more Eagles, Chet. Uh, you know, when you can dominate the offensive line like the Eagles are doing, uh, you know, the game's a whole lot easier to play. It's a whole lot easier to coach. It's a whole lot easier to call plays. Uh, the Eagles OL is rolling people right now. 50 carries, 50 rushes the other day. Not happy that 18 of them came from the quarterback, uh, but Jalen Hurts is playing well. He's making great reads, and, uh, you know, it's a whole lot simpler game when you're controlling the line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah, that that is the key. And uh, th- they're a pleasure to watch all of a sudden. The Eagles with the running attack, the offensive line. I mean, it's actually fun to watch what the offensive line is doing. You see some of the – the breakdowns and just how they're they're clearing people out. My lot is looking like an all pro. Jason Kelsey looks like he did five years ago. He, I don't know how he's doing it. He was, you know, apparently contemplating retiring a couple of years ago. He keeps coming back and he's just playing great. So uh, it, that's great to see the offensive line doing what it's doing without Brandon Brooks and uh, Samalo. Yeah, well, and I think uh, Landon Dickerson has probably yeah. found a home. Uh, he's playing well. You know, what, what's fun to me as a, as a fan and, and, a, and an old offensive line coach is when you're carrying the ball 50 times a game, the announcers and the video want to spend some time looking at what's going on with the offensive line. So, like you say, you're able to see a whole lot more of what they're doing, and uh, it has really been fun to watch. And, uh, again, it takes so much – we talked about this last week – takes so much pressure off the quarterback and and he's not having to carry the team now 
You know, he, he's managing the game. He's making good throws. He's not in that, you know, I got to be successful this play mode. And I, I think it's going well. And it, and it also makes it a lot easier on the play caller where he could put him in better situations as well. Yeah. Now there are some concerns. I mean, the wide receivers other than Devontae Smith haven't really done much at all this year. Jalen Rager is not looking great. I mean, they, they just can't seem to get him involved. He doesn't get open a whole lot. And even on his punt returns, he j- just seems to, you know, catch it, run about five yards and go out of bounds. So I think he's been a disappointment. I think they should try to get Greg Ward a little more involved. They haven't really used him at all in the last six weeks, other than, you know, occasional plays and, uh, special teams. Um, and it was great to see JJ getting dusted off in an actual, uh, you know, pass reception situation, finally caught a ball this year. And it was a big one to help seal that game last Sunday, but I would like to see a little bit more involvement from the wide receivers beyond Devonte Smith. Yeah. They're going to need that as they go. Uh, you put that schedule up there. The schedule is definitely favorable, uh, but they're going to have to, um, you know, they're going to have to be able to spread that ball out a little bit. Everybody is not going to let them or, or they're not going to stay in the same defenses to allow them to run the ball five yards a carry uh, for several games in a row and just run the ball. They're going to start loading the box and they're going to make other players start having to play. And uh, somebody got to step up besides number six. And as uh, we mentioned when we were talking with Keith, they're going to be favored probably in the next five games, the Giants twice, Washington twice, and the Jets. So you figure they're going to somehow lose one of them somehow. But even so, they're looking like they're going to be a playoff team right now based on you know how all the other teams' schedules go over the next six or seven weeks. So we'll see what happens, but I'm liking their chances. Plus, they have a buy mixed in there, which will help some other guys get a little healthier. Yeah. Well, two two other things about the Saints game. Uh, one is the Saints came in with a number one or very highly ranked defensive front. And they just said, you know what, we're going to blow you up. And that that was the game plan. That's what they did. The other thing was the defensive side of the ball. Now, um, Simeon is not an, an upper level quarterback, but right. they they took what they got and they took advantage of it. And that's what you're supposed to do. And that's why you win games. So uh, defensively, the last few weeks, they've played much better. Uh, hopefully they can continue that. They're definitely being more aggressive. Yeah, the Saints came in with the number one ranked rushing defense in the league going you know, into the game against the Eagles. And Eagles said, we don't care. And just, you know, ran 50 times, 240 yards or whatever. So that was great to see. Uh, of course, Jordan Howard did get hurt, and he's going to miss at least one game, it looks like. So... The good news is Miles Sanders, other than the fumble and the near fumble, looked pretty good for his first game back in four weeks. And Boston Scott has always played well against the New York Giants. So that's good. They got those two guys for this weekend. And, you know, maybe Kenneth Gainwell will get a little more involvement as well. So I'm looking forward to this. And uh, I'm liking the Eagles' chances up at MetLife. Yeah, I am too. And uh, that's good. That's good. And, uh, you could, you would have, I would have certainly never thought we'd be in this position, but go ahead and say the word playoffs. <laughs> and you know, hey, here's another thing way back in uh, early September, I placed a little wager on the Eagles over under. Now, the official over under was, I think, six and a half, but I pump, bumped it up to eight and a half because you know, you get more in return if you bet that way. So, if the Eagles win nine games, I'm throwing a party, pal. 
<laughs> no kidding. It's going to be that good, huh? No, not that good. Wow. <laughs> I'll make a little money, but yeah, I'm thinking they're going to get at least nine wins now. Enough to take you back to your new favorite pub down the road. <laughs> yeah, I can buy a few more beers for myself. There, there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> well, looking forward to Sunday. Uh, should be a good one. Let's uh, go wait. birds. Yep. All right. Well, hey, let's give a shout out to all the shows that will be live on Age of Philly Sports Network this week, including this one. This episode is being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Please help us out by hitting the subscribe, follow, like buttons, and always share with your family and friends. In addition to this great show, check out our partners in Philly sports, including the Broad Street Bullies podcast. Jeff, Drew, and Doyle can be heard Monday mornings at 9 a.m. talking all things Flyers, but they will be live this Sunday night following the Flyers-Devils game since there's a Sunday night game, so check that out. Edge of Philly Sports Live is off this week for Thanksgiving, but you can join Joe, Freddie, and Big Al as they cover four for four and so much more Philly sports live on Wednesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Birds IQ with Kyle and Eric Quinn will be taking this week off as well for Thanksgiving. Catch them Thursday nights at 7 p.m. talking all things birds. The Patterson Avenue Fanatics every Saturday, 9 a.m. Wake up with breakfast with the gang. TK, Marks, James, Paul, Dave, uh, Damon, and Dave. <laughs> and get your Philly sports talk on. Network has added a few podcast the monday mailbag with joey sharon on monday afternoons and fridays with freddie with our pal freddie burns friday afternoons check them out and if you miss it check out the podcast on all the major platforms good stuff. you got it you got it good hey, stuff you know going what? on in the op there sure is and before we get to our uh predictions let's hear from this guy Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Hey, and, and listening to uh, Merrill call this running game, he's having a blast too. Watching uh, him, you listening and watching him watch how they're just blowing people up. It's really cool. Yeah, he's enjoying it. You know that. I wonder if Jeffrey Lurie's enjoying it because we we hear that Lurie really loves the passing game. But, hey, that wasn't working early in the season, and now the running game is. So, hopefully, Jeffrey Lurie likes winning games more than he likes seeing, you know, passings. Passing That's attacks. what I'm hoping, too. All right, speaking of winning games, uh, we it's time for us to make our fearless NFL predictions. Uh, how do we do this week? Well, we had the same exact picks, the three of us oh, last week, right. yep. you, me, and Boop, a.k.a. Bob Vertrone. So we were all three and one, which is, I guess, a good thing. And Boop and I remain tied for the top spot at 27 and 18. You remain just two games off the pace at 25 and 20. So still a long way to go, six or seven weeks, like seven weeks yet, because um, the Eagles have a bye. So a lot of time for you to make up those two games, Bill. Yeah, those two games that I took the risk on there a couple weeks back, I'd be sitting right there with you. But we'll get them back. We'll get them back. Well, here we go. Let's get our throw-in game first. Rams at Green Bay. Packers are minus one. We've got Thanksgiving. The Raiders visit Dallas. The Cowboys minus seven. What a disaster they had again. Monday night football, the Seahawks visits, visit Washington in a pick'em game. And at last, the Eagles travel up the turnpike to play the Giants. The birds are minus three and a half. So who does Boop like? Rams at Green Bay Packers minus one. 
Boop says Green Bay has won nine consecutive regular season home games, the last five by outscoring opponents to the tune of 143 to 60. His pick obviously is the Packers based on that. He also says, want to bet? Figure on a bigger than anticipated frozen tundra victory and go for a couple of alternate spreads. So he likes the Packers and so do I. I know they're undefeated this year and the Rams have been a little inconsistent of late. So I'm taking the Packers as well. You will. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Packers as well. I'm not going against Aaron Rodgers here. It's uh, this is the time where he steps it up. I'm not going against him. All right. All right. Thanksgiving Raiders and the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys become a little bit of a mystery after these last three or four weeks. Boop says uh, Las Vegas is 0-3 since losing to the Eagles. Make it 0-4. His pick is the Cowboys. He notes that Dallas has scored 45 points total in three games against the AFC West this season, but he thinks the boys may match that on Turkey Day. He says take the over regarding Dallas total points. So he likes the Cowboys to rebound, and so do I. Uh, I think they're going to cover that seven also. I think Dallas wins this one pretty easily. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, you just said that made me think, uh, have the Raiders won since they fired John Gruden? I believe they won the first week. Did they win the first week? Okay. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure about the second week, but uh, – or did they beat the, the Eagles in the second week? The Eagles, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they beat the – yeah, the, the first two weeks they won. Now they've lost three in a row. Yeah. All right, Monday Night Football. Seattle visits the football team in Washington. Who you like? Uh, I've been checking the lines today, and it has pretty much shifted now to the Washington football team favored by one just about everywhere I looked for what that's worth. Boop says this is the exact time the 2020 football team, Washington, started making its run from 2-7 and seven to the NFC East title. And right on schedule, it has two straight wins now under its belt. His pick is Washington. He also says, want to bet? Take the under. Seahawks haven't played in an over game since September 19th. How about that? So he says take Washington, but also take the under. And I was a little bit on the fence early on that one, but Russell Wilson has not looked good since coming back. And, you know, I'd rather see Washington lose, of course, but I'm taking Washington also. Well, I'm going to get one of my games back because I'm going with Seattle. I still just don't not feeling the Washington football team right yet. So I'm going to go with Seattle on that one. All right. All right. That, that brings us to the Eagles going up the road to, to met life to play the giants birds minus three and a half. I know who we'd like on that one. Yeah. I think we're all going to have the same on this one. Boop says not even the rest stops along the Jersey turnpike can stop this Eagles running game. His pick, of course, the Eagles, he says, keep laying money on Jalen hurts to score himself and follow me. Boop right up to the expensive Christmas gift for the Mrs. line. <laughs> so Boop says bet on the Eagles and bet on Jalen Hurts to score at least another touchdown this week. Yeah, I like the birds as well. 31-17 is my pick if you want to know. Well, I, I'd say it's going to be every bit of that. I, I think they uh, they got a chance to score even more points than that. But uh, good. I like it. So before we let go, uh, how can the people follow Boop, speaking of betting on Christmas lines? Well, Boop uh, contributes to bettersinsider.com for all kinds of uh, betting information. You can go there, and you can get a lot more from Boop himself on Twitter, and that is at BoopStats. That's that little fancy A, and then BoopStats, and he'll uh, take care of you right there on Twitter, Bill. Very good. Always enjoy Boop's input. Good stuff. 
Hey, Bill. Whoa. Here we go. I love to mess with the schedule, you know? Yes, you did. I'm going to do that right now. And uh, I'll tell you what's going on here. I'm going to throw in another random chat segment simply because, hey, we have the time. Plus, it is Thanksgiving week. And I was thinking the other day, actually it was last night, uh, about the best songs with the word thank or thanks or thankful or whatever, something like that in the title. Hey, I had some free time on my hands last night and this morning. Plenty. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna do that for you right now, Bill. Um, in reverse order, of course, in the 10 spot, a 1998 tune by Alanis Morissette called Thank You. Number nine, a list on the list from way back in 1957. It's a classic written by Lerner and Lowe and made famous by Maurice Chevalier. Thank heaven for little girls. Yeah, I even sing for you. Uh, number eight is a nice ballad by India Ari in 2013 that you probably don't know, but it was a song of gratitude for military folks fighting for their country called Thank You. Seventh on my list then, um, it is the John Denver Smash. And I think you know what that is. That, of course, is... Thank God I'm a country boy. John Denver in 1974. That was a huge hit. Number six, a hit in 2007 for Fallout Boy. And if you can see the screen, you could see that they could buy a few vowels right there because they seem to leave them out of the title. But it's called Thanks for the Memories, actually. And that is Fallout Boy, which, uh, Fallout boy, which I just saw live in concert from them back in August. All right. Now, my top five for thanks or thanksgiving uh, in the fifth spot from led zeppelin's second album a nice slow rocker called thank you at number four sly and the family stones 1969 hit thank you for letting me be myself again uh, at number three another song simply called thank you and that was in 1998 it became a top five hit in early 2001 though a few years after it came out for dido and let's see, number two on my list then, uh, it was a hit in 1978 for Andrew Gold that, of course, became the theme song later for the Golden Girls TV show. Thank you for being a friend. And my number one, a tune that was first a 1968 hit for Sam and Dave, but I prefer the cover version in 1979 by ZZ Top, the song I Thank You. That's a great one. And there you have it here in Thanksgiving week. My favorite songs with the word thanks or thank in the title. So, Bill, I got to ask you, how'd I do? Uh, you did pretty good, except for the vocals. I, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you don't like my great Chevalier? Thank heaven for little girls. <laughs> no, no. All right. Uh, I like, I like your selection. Uh, you might want to, well. You can't play somebody else's music, so just be the best. See, you can. I got in trouble for that last week playing the the clip of Happy Gilmore. So now you and I are going to have to just uh, reenact any movie scenes, or maybe do a duet if we want to play any songs. Yeah, yeah, that that'll go well. Then <laughs> then they'll knock us off the podcast system, isn't it? <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> All right, hey, great guest tonight in Keith Pompey. Who we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week, my friend? That's a great question. And uh, next Tuesday, we'll, we will be back on Wednesday next week, not Tuesday. We're getting back to normal. And by the way, it will be December 1st, by the way. Can you believe that? We're into the final month of the year. We will likely have two guests. I'm still working on the second one. It's It's been a struggle with this second one. Uh, I'm trying to make it happen. But we do have one lined up for sure next week. And she is a first-time visitor, originally from Georgia. She's been in the Philly area for several years now and does the sports update 
Pets on 97.5 Mike Missinelli show every weekday afternoon. Her name is Jennifer Scordo. And I got to tell you, I had a lengthy chat with Jen back in late September at 97.5's Fan Fest. And she is super nice. So I can't wait to get her on the show next week. Sounds good. We'll have, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about the way things are going around here. We always do. All right. Hey, I wanted to talk about the Flyers for a minute, Chet. Uh, we talked about goal scoring last week with Sam Carcidi as our guest. Continues this week. Uh, the Flyers are, have now scored the three, their third least amount of goals in the entire Eastern Conference. But the flip side is they've given up the third least goals. This team needs to score goals. And with the good goaltending they're getting, they can really make a push. But they're in a struggle. Yeah, the lack of offensive production is a definite concern, Bill. I mean, as good as Carter Hart has been, you just can't expect that he and the defense are going to give up two goals or fewer every single game. That's just not going to happen. The offense needs to pick it up for sure. And but they have a tough schedule, by the way, right now. They got Tampa Bay and Florida tonight and tomorrow night down in your state. And then uh, they come home to play Carolina. So those are three of the very best teams in the Eastern Conference. And, and Tampa again. And they oh, played wow. Tampa last week. They have them three times in two weeks. Yeah, this is a tough stretch right here. So uh, they are right now looking from the outside, looking in to the playoffs. They're a point or two back of that final wild card spot in the East. So it'll be nice to steal a win or two out of these uh, next couple of games. Yeah, and Joe Stinger sent us a note already. Said they're down one nothing in this game to the Lightning already. So they've got to they've got to pull some of these games out uh, on this trip. But like you say, the schedule is very difficult so hopefully they can get it the more noise happening about morgan frost whether he's going to get the call to help this bunch out uh whoever it is they got to score goals and you got the injuries too you got ryan ellis still hurt uh he's going to be out for a little while and kevin hayes you know came back maybe came back too soon he's out again so i think i heard kevin hayes is now week to week which means he's not going to be back this week for sure right Right. Well, hey, Chet, yesterday the 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot came out. Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard are first ballot guys, or first time on the ballot. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon, another guy that spent some time here. There you go. There's your whole list. We're not going to go through that, but I will say Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling, I believe, are on their final shot. Uh, Kurt Schilling certainly needs to get in if you're not going to put bonds and clemens in Schilling certainly needs to go in what are your thoughts on rollins and howard well first of all i don't think Schilling's going to get in because last year you know he missed out and then right before they actually announced that he had made all those comments about january 6th and everything and he said hey take my name off the ballot i don't even want to be in so you know he's still on the ballot but i don't think he's going to get the votes uh, I would like to see actually, and don't kill me for this. I would like to see Barry Bonds get in. I think, you know, he's been punished long enough and even without any steroid help, I think the guy deserves it and put him in now that it's his final year. You may disagree. I don't know. Well, uh, you know, if you're going to go with him, then you need to go all in and you need to put Clemens in and you can't keep shilling out because of his politics and what he says after he retired, um, you know, that also opens the door up for um, David Ortiz, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, who somewhere, somehow has managed to hide behind the steroid thing. Uh, Alex Rodriguez is now on. You know, if you're going to let those guys, the first couple in, you got to let them all in. They they all have the numbers. 
So they're either all in or not in. You know, it, it yeah. just depends on how you go. Well, I mean, A-Rod is an obvious choice if there weren't any of the PED accusations, which, you know, he even admitted to some of those. So he's going to be punished and not get in right away. David Ortiz, it was all just whispers. So I think Ortiz will get in. That's that's my – I think it's going to happen this year. Yeah, he, he wasn't just whispers. That that was – he was in the report. Oh, was he? But hmm. he was a good guy, and he skated by it. He wasn't Manny being Manny. He was just <laughs> Ortiz being, you know, trying yeah. to be a good guy in the community and – Good public relations by the Ortiz group that's going to get him in and maybe even in the first ballot. But uh, to me, that whole entire ballot, if you're not putting those guys in, that's a really skinny ballot on how many guys you are going to put in. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I'm going to try to put it up one more time. Um, I, you know, we've talked before about Jimmy Rollins and now that he is finally on the ballot and it was funny, I was listening to 97.5 this afternoon, Mike Missanelli and company. And I agree with Mike. I think Jimmy Rollins has the numbers and deserves to go in. I don't think it's going to happen, at least not on the first year that he's eligible. But I think Rollins deserves to be in because you compare him to Barry Larkin, you compare him to Ozzie Smith, and his numbers are as good or better. Ozzie had the reputation as being the greatest you know, shortstop fielder of all time, but Rollins actually had a higher percentage. And, yeah, he did get to all the balls, and he did make the throws. And offensively, he was way better than Ozzy Smith. I'm going to say Jimmy Rollins should get in. He won't get in the first year, I don't think, anyway. But I think Rollins should eventually be in the Hall of Fame. I think we'll probably disagree on that. That's going to have to grow on me uh, over some years. Certainly not in the first couple. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You yeah. know, are you, are you going to let Vesquel in with his, what's he got, 17 or 15 gold gloves? Uh, he hasn't been able to get in. He's he's the Ozzie Smith type of player, um, yeah. You know, I think there's a chance he could he could be in there first. I, I you know I don't know. They yeah, say I, mean, I I just don't see him getting getting there anytime soon. Ryan Howard I don't see getting there ever. Uh, no. Unfortunately, due to his injuries, I mean he he certainly had a, a chance, uh, but the injuries cut him short. Yeah, we'll revisit this whole Rollins thing in the future. We'll have a, a baseball guy or two, you know, on with us in the next few weeks, hopefully, and see what they think. But uh, I'm going to make the case for Jimmy Rollins, so we'll see how that turns out. But yeah, we'll see how the voting goes in January. Absolutely. All right, Chet. It's that time of year to talk about Thanksgiving. So, anything special on your mind this year? I got a little something to share, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have a few things, but I'm going to save that for when you ask me about a parting shot. So uh, we'll talk about it then. What do you got, Bill? Well, I was just going to say, you know, as as uh, Thanksgiving approaches, I, I just want to say thank you to everyone that has listened and now watches us through the years. You know, uh, I had someone tell me just the other day that most podcasts don't last 20 shows. Hmm. Uh, tonight is number 366 for us, uh, as we like to laugh with each other that we're survivors in this thing. And uh, we certainly couldn't have done it without – the people that, that listen to us and uh, we appreciate every one of them that does. And uh, you know, over the time we've become part of that edge of Philly sports network. That's been a lot of fun as well. And, and Chet, certainly thanks to you and your wife and family, as well as mine. Uh, they make Wednesday night a night at home because we have a show to do. And uh, you know, it's a great sacrifice for everybody. So we couldn't do it without our Philly teams either as they certainly keep things Interesting for us, as well as our guests. We thank them that take their time. 
guy calls in all the way from San Francisco so he could be on our show. So hmm. we appreciate all them as well. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone. You know what? Let me just go into mine right now and kind of add to what you said. Uh, yeah, the last year and a half, Bill, has really been tough for a lot of people between the pandemic and related lockdowns and political divisiveness and whatnot. But, you know, most of us are alive and well and plugging away and hoping that we can one day get back to some sort of normalcy. And in the meantime, there is a lot to be thankful for here on Thanksgiving week. That even includes the Philly sports scene. Now, neither the 76ers nor Flyers will probably win a championship this year, but both teams, I think, are very fun to watch. I mean, who doesn't love watching Tyrese Maxey with the Sixers? The Phillies obviously still have a lot of work to do, but, you know, it certainly doesn't hurt to have the Cy Young runner-up or the MVP in right fielder Bryce Harper, who won the award deservedly and who has just been a joy to watch and has always given 110% every time he's gone out there in his three years since joining the Phillies and, you know, getting that huge contract to start it off. Uh, as for the Eagles, a month ago, you know, people were calling for Nick Sirianni to be fired, saying Jalen Hurts just doesn't have it. He's not an NFL quarterback. All of a sudden, they've won three out of four and are a half game out of the playoffs. So thank you for that, Birds. And then, yeah, there's this little show that we do every week and we've continued to do despite the pandemic and all the other nonsense that I mentioned. We took exactly one week off over this past year. And as you said, this is show number 366. And we continue to get terrific guests, uh, you know, veteran sports writers, former Philly athletes. Uh, you know, it's just it's just the joy to do for us. Thanks also to Big Al Zafiri and the rest of the crew at the Edge of Philly Sports Network. Thanks to Dave Lavoie at Allstate and our other occasional sponsors. And thanks especially, as you said, Bill, to our many, many loyal listeners and now viewers. You know who you are. And thanks to the many new viewers who have found us over the past several months, you know, since we started promoting this more and, uh, you know, getting the help from the guys at the Edge of Philly Sports Network. So we do appreciate each and every one of you. Happy Thanksgiving to all and enjoy the holiday with family and friends and hopefully lots of good food and drink. And happy Thanksgiving to you and your family as well, Bill. Back at you, my friend. All right, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great Sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razzes that give greater odds of winning. Who doesn't like to win? Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And I do have to tell you, Chet, uh, I talked very briefly with uh, Al Zafiri, speaking of him. I told you that he had won the Bobby Clark and the Bill Berge jerseys. He received them yesterday. He was fired up. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that's great, man. That is, that is <laughs> awesome to get those kind of things. Yes, sir. How about uh, any further parting shot for you tonight? No, the only other thing that we I thought maybe we could get into just a little bit more, if I could find it here, is uh, this guy suddenly becoming a very wealthy man. That is James Franklin, the Penn State coach. I don't know, Bill. Ten years, $85 million is the reported number. Are we settling for this guy? Because he's been, I think, very average as a coach. I know he has the reputation as a great recruiter. I know he's a very good guy. I know Penn State loves him, you know, for how he 
represents and promotes the university. But the bottom line is he's never getting them in contention for the college football championship, it seems. Yeah, I I certainly would not have given him a 10-year contract. <laughs> you know, whether you give him a three-year contract, you re-up him a little bit, you know, the the maybe that USC rumbling out there was something that they thought they had to lock him down. Uh, you know, when we had Keith Collin on just a couple of weeks ago, the goon uh, was kind of ready to run him out of town, and they yeah. lost after that. Um, you know, they they just have not closed the gap, I guess, with Ohio State um, as as the the bar. Uh, I, I, it's just a little too much for me. Way too much. Yeah, their record against Ohio State and other ranked teams has not been very good at all over the last several years under Franklin, and yet they keep keep them around, keep bringing them back, and now giving them a ton of money. So I don't get it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of hard when you you have what is considered to be at this point, for whatever it's worth, the number one recruiting class in the country. They say, um, you know, and then tell the guy, "Well, you're gone." Um, you know, you might you might have to give him a chance to get through that. But again, uh, 10 years seems mighty hefty to me. Yeah. Now, they got this supposedly great recruiting class. But what if he fails again next year and they go, you know, seven and five or whatever? You're not going to fire him a year into a 10 year contract right. renewal. So, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was certainly surprised. That's way, way too much for me. And, uh, you know, and, and you look at what's going on in other places like Florida, you know, Dan Mullen was the guy they had targeted all along. He comes in, he has a couple decent seasons. Now he's had a couple average seasons. He's out. I mean, it just there's there's no there's no favorite sons anymore. You don't you don't win, you don't stay. And uh, you know, you're gonna pay a lot of money if you're gonna buy James Franklin out anytime in the first probably eight years. Bill, wrap it up. I gotta go start cooking my turkey. Hey. And some beer. Cheers to you. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Let's wrap it up. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Keith Pompey, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's Like Your Age.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed our Thanksgiving special show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, December 1st at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and happy Thanksgiving. Let's do the song. Come on!